Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Worship Life Podcast. I'm Chrissy Hutchings from ChrissyHutchings.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a while. For my subscribers, you know I've taken a break for about two months, and the details of that break will be explained in this podcast, so stay tuned. If this is your first time tuning into the Worship Life, you definitely want to stick around because I believe this podcast is really going to strengthen you and bless you as you head into the holiday season. We're going to be talking today about saying goodbye. No, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be talking about saying goodbye to some very specific things. And it may be something that you do going into the holiday season or as you head into the new year. Trust me, this message was not intentional to be for the new year. It just kind of happened that way. But really, it's a message that's good for any time of the year. So stick around as you join me today on The Worship Life. Welcome back, everybody, to The Worship Life. I'm Christy Hutchings, and let me tell you this. It is so good to be back behind this microphone, uh, sharing my life, my worship life with you, all my friends and family, those that subscribe. Thank you so much. If this is your first time, uh, I'm really, really glad to have you. Thanks so much for joining me. And this message is really uh an explanation of where I've been in the last two months and really uh, what God is continuing to do in my heart. And you know, as always, these podcasts are just an opening and an emptying of my life so that you can see that, um, you know, I live a worship life just like you do. Um, You know, I may lead worship on a platform and lead teams and things like that. But um, my life is very simple, uh, just like yours is. And it's not easy. Maybe your life is not simple. Maybe you have five or six kids or two or three kids or one kid. (laughs) No matter how many children you have, um, sometimes life can be hurried, especially around this time of year. And as we go into the podcast, I know you guys had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I had an awesome holiday. My mom came and my mom and my sister traveled from Kentucky to come and visit me. And um, it was a really great time. Grandkids coming around and um, really loving on my mom. It had been quite a while since they had seen her and she had seen them. So it was a really, really great time. But you know after Thanksgiving and you got your Black Friday, you got your, uh, uh, what is that? Some Cyber Monday, <laughs> you know, things really pick up around this season of going out and making sure everything's taken care of for Christmas. And with the onset of the Christmas season, we begin to revive many holiday memories, uh, that bring a lot of joy, tons of laughter, uh, my days, my favorite days were the, the days off from school, 
uh, we would be baking Christmas cookies and all kind of Christmas goodies. Look, my mama could throw down when it came to Christmas cookies and goodies and whoopie pies. If anybody out there knows what a whoopie pie is, I want you to comment and tell me what it is. Uh, growing up, I thought everybody knew what a whoopie pie was, but, uh, as I became an adult, I'm like, people don't know what whoopie pies are. So there's a challenge for you. If you know what a whoopie pie is, I want you to comment on this podcast and, uh, let me know that, you know, but man, those were my favorites. We would make totes and totes of them things. We had this tall, upright freezer, nothing but freezer. And we used to pile totes and totes of cookies and whoopie pies and treats in that freezer. And for the whole Christmas season, we would be totally stocked with sweet treats. Let me tell you, that was one of my favorite memories. And while we were making cookies, you could hear all the Christmas songs in the background. That's back in the day when we had records and record players. (laughs) And, um, Or, you know, one of the other ones was watching my dad hang lights on the windows. It'd be the night that we're putting up the tree and all the lights and having to cover my ears when his frustration would bellow obscenities. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Christmas is a very magical, spiritual time of wonder and awe and can arouse our deepest joys. Um, But for some, and you may be those, uh, it can awaken very deep sorrows, uh, bringing with it the recollection of what what was and is good in our families and also what was or is currently painful. Many of you have lost loved ones this year. Some of you may have lost loved ones in the past during the Christmas holidays and the holidays. And what once was a joyful time, you struggle to have joy because it brings such painful memories. In all of life, we experience the pain and the sorrow of all our experiences. But Christmas and holidays can be an exceptional time of feeling them uh, both very intensely. But what I want to talk about today is whether you're in the throes of Christmas and other holidays or the mundane of every life, these painful memories can be mingled together so much that you can't experience the joy without the sorrow butting in. I've tried laboriously my entire life to divide the two uh, without success. Um, But I've also learned that as the two, joy and sorrow, coexist in the same space, we can choose how much power we give to either of them. And I have to say that sadly over the years, I've given way too much power to sorrow While joy in the past year and couple of years has become more and more elusive. Now I'm going to, what I'm going to talk about today is my experience with this. And uh, I've hesitated uh, in times past to really go into too much of this because uh, for fear, for fear of religious uh, disdain. And um, there's so much judgment out there, so much judgment from Christians, from religious people about the life experiences that people have. And a lot of times we sit and judge people. I've been one of those people. I've judged people for what they're living through. Like, like, like I really had anything to say about it. Um, we judge one another a lot on our life experiences 
If anybody's experiencing despair or sorrow, we really are quick to judge and say people don't have enough faith. They're not exercising their faith, um, which I think is a huge mistake. Uh, We really don't love one another well when we do that. And that's part of my soapbox, but I'm not, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Um, The last year of my life has been a difficult one, especially emotionally. I don't know if it's my age or where I am in life, but I look back over uh, 57 years uh, of life and 39 years of marriage and 37 years of raising children and um, trying to bring some resolve to a lot of those spaces. Uh, You know, that's a lot of years and a lot of stuff to happen and unhappen and rehappen. And, you know, some of those things are childhood things that just I'm at the age of my life where I'm trying to just resolve it all and make it all make sense. Well, it all doesn't make sense. And that's been part of my problem. I have a very analytical mind. And a lot of times I'm trying to make sense of things. But this last year in particular has been a difficult one for me emotionally. Uh, I've allowed many of the sorrows of my life from birth to now to really consume me. And I lost myself. Um, I had become a broken spirit, losing sight of hope in God. Much of this even evidenced in my writing uh, at the Worship Life blog and even here on the podcast. Um, Through that time, I've been determined to find my footing contending, I mean, really contending for joy, yet in despair many times. I was void of understanding and insight to what God was trying to accomplish in my life. And with that despair, indifference, and finally becoming numb to anything, numb to joy, sorrow, vision, purpose, just numb. To feel or not to feel, that has been the question for me. And I chose the latter because to feel was just not even on my radar. You know, a lot of times we can experience sorrow and not really even tap into what, where the real core of that sorrow is coming from. And for a poetic creative type like me, numb is the death of my art, the death of my creativity and purpose. At sometimes it felt like the death of me, um, And there were many tears and heartfelt pain. Uh, This last year has been one filled with a lot of emotion, processing a lot of emotion. And again, I'm not saying you should live by your emotions, but you know, your emotions are like this um, alarm that goes off. Ding, 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 ding. Something's wrong here. A person like me, I can't ignore it. I have to pay attention to it. But even though I experienced many tears and pain, It was more about chasing it away than it was about accepting or dealing with it. And I think after a while, uh, our emotions have a way of letting us know, look, hey, you can't ignore me any longer. Uh, I want to be heard. Give attention to me. Not in a way that we live by our feelings the whole time. But um, when when we, we know when something's wrong there. And as a result of this, in recent months, I stopped writing and podcasting because I didn't want to spew poison on everybody. In my effort to bring encouragement, I didn't want to bring a dark cloud of pessimism. So I just began to hide, become cautious. But today, I resume my loves in an effort to live wide open 
in compliance with what I'm always preaching to you, hello, realizing that God is carrying my sorrows and as he always has, and I'm learning to purge them and say goodbye to them. Now, this is a huge thing for me because at the first of that suggestion to purge and say goodbye to my sorrows, uh, it seems like a joyous endeavor. Who wouldn't want to get rid of their sorrows? Who wouldn't want to say goodbye to their past hurts? But the more I would start to think about saying goodbye to the sorrow, a deep pain would arise as it would feel like as if I'm saying goodbye to part of my identity and how I've always seen myself. And even right then saying that, I shudder to admit that fear uh, for fear of religion, religious people judging me, but it's the truth. And, um, you know, I'm really determined not to run from it anymore. Saying goodbye to sorrow and bad memories is like letting go of my soul and all the experiences that make me, me. You would think with joy awaiting, it would be easy, but it's such a complex process that I'm not prepared for. But to lay hold of joy, I have to embark on it. And I want to tell you a little story of how this seems to me, the, the, the process of saying goodbye to sorrow and pain and the past while still holding on to your joys and still kind of, um, I can't think of the word right now, just really meshing it all together. I compare it to the process of separating conjoined twins in a story I read once about Ben Carson, and you can look him up on the internet. Uh, and this thought just came to me this morning as I was thinking about processing um, these emotions. There's a story about Ben Carson, famous neurologist. He separated conjoined twins at the head. The surgery involved cutting apart bone, tissue, and deconstructing and reconstruction of veins, stopping their hearts. It was a dreadful but successful risk that required delicacy and precision. They had to cut away what was damaging them, being conjoined, without harm to either and liberating them both alive to bring about the release of two viable living beings. Now, this podcast is going to be in a blog on uh, my website at chrissyhutchings.com where there is a link there where you can read about this remarkable surgery. And this is not a plug for Ben Carson, although I do recommend you read anything he's written. But the description is what it means for us to live a life of integrity with our sorrows and joys. Sorrow and joy is part of life. And in order to live a life of integrity, it means that it all kind of has to come together in a true place. Living and being alive consists of both, not separately. It's kind of like those conjoined twins. We have, we have sorrow and joy conjoined and we have to separate the two, releasing the sorrow, but still living with those experiences that caused the sorrow. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not brain dead. Those things are still part of our life story. And as the as we begin to let those go, the Lord helps us to resolve those and integrate those. That's the word I was looking for before. Integrate those uh, into our whole entire life experience. These are separate entities, but they're weaved in and out of each other, making up the totality of who we are. 
if you look at it with the conjoined twins, delicate emotional mental veins that join them together into one life. To say goodbye to our sorrows and past is daunting, which is why few succeed at doing it. There are states of mind, soul, and spirit experts call acceptance and resolve that we choose in order to live with whatever truth our lives represent without driving us mad or causing duplicity. You know, when you're children, there are mechanisms in your mental makeup that help you survive very traumatic experiences. And, but when you grow up, those experiences have to be reconciled. They have to be, um, integrated into the lives that we live now. And I, I tear up even saying that because what it means is that when we say goodbye to our sorrow and our pain, it's part of who we are. And there's, there's like a death involved in that. And sometimes that can be painful, but to integrate that into our life and begin to continue to move forward, not constantly living in that place of sorrow. And that's where I got stuck. I got stuck living in that place of sorrow and pain, trying to reconcile all the experiences of my life. And, uh, you know, a a lot of times, um, me and my husband go round and round, not in arguments or anything, because I, I process life very intensely, as you can see. Um, but it's who I am. I can't not do it. And so when these things begin to happen, when I'm trying to process life, it becomes very intense for me sometimes. And although acceptance is a powerful practice, resolution is a powerful practice, one which I endeavor to follow, there is a more sure word of healing. For God has said, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. And he said in Matthew, do not worry about your life, what you should eat, what you should drink. He also said, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. He also said that those that receive Christ are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And you know, that is a true statement in our lives. There's no more guilt, shame for anything. But how many of you know the enemy loves to torment our minds with those things? And a lot of times we have to just make a decision that we're not going to pay attention to those and we're not going to listen to those anymore. And it might require a um, ceremony of saying goodbye. You know, I think about it. There are songs and stories in my heart that need to be sung and told and they will. But beware, they will not be plastic and conforming. With a heart like David, I declare my sorrows as loud as my triumphs, my praise as boisterous as my tears, ruminating the questions as deep as the understanding the Lord gives me. Both are valid and relevant to God and the story he's writing in and with my life, in all of our lives. To deny them is to deny ourselves and the God who made us. When you look at the book of Psalms and read the book of Psalms, book of songs of David, you see they're really book of, it's really a book of prayers. You see David's agony. You see his wondering where God is. You know, I am going to get on my soapbox here for a second. We as Christians and people of faith 
have judged people for having sorrow and judged them for um, not living in faith well enough and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I could really preach about this, but I'm not going to right now. But here's the thing we must understand. The Bible is filled with joy and sorrow. It's filled with death. It's filled with life. It's filled with sin. It's filled with righteousness. It's filled with the history of mankind and God together, resolving and reconciling these things. And there's only one thing that can reconcile anything. There's only one thing that can reconcile things and men and the hearts of people. And that is Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas because of Jesus. Because God said, mankind is separated from me. Their only life, their only really true joy. And so I'm going to come into the earth and I'm going to reconcile them to me, myself. The book of Isaiah says, his own arm worked salvation for us. God said, look, there ain't nobody here on this earth that can do this job. I'm going down to do it myself. It, when I think about that, when I ponder that, it just blows my mind that God looking to and fro on the earth couldn't find anybody worthy. And so he came himself and worked salvation for us. So today I start a new journal, one of acceptance and goodbyes, one of connection and letting go, one of embracing without shame the totality of my experiences while releasing the sorrow that has come with it, finding joy in the perfection of which God has orchestrated my life and trust with all my heart that all these things will work together for my good. Amen. Are you there with me? I encourage you today to embark on this journey with me, starting a journal, one that says goodbye. And I can't say what that is for you. Only you know what that is for you. But God is there with you in that saying goodbye. He's there with you knowing that this is something that has to be done. And this is, this is what my life's doing right now. This is what I'm going through. But somebody told me once that the experiences that we go through are so that we can have something to give to somebody else. My, our experiences are not for us. And I've known that for a long time in my life and gave mental assent to that, but really am beginning to understand that because there is this compelling in my heart to share these things with you, to share this life with you, to share music, you know, for a long time, for a very long time, it's been very difficult for me to write music. And, you know, I used to look at that as some kind of failure on my part, but I'm realizing God's not ready to write the song yet. There's some other work that has to be done before that song comes out. And I'm okay with that because in my opinion, what I've seen over the years of my life is that when those songs do start coming, there's nothing in the world that can stop them. So I want to encourage you today with this, as you approach the holidays season, be present in your life. Sometimes we can get moving so fast and so hard after these things and the responsibilities that we have, parties and programs and all these different things that we're not present in the moment. 
And a lot of times when we are quiet enough to become present in the moment, we can process our life a whole lot better. So uh, go out and make it a great day today. Uh, Do your holiday shopping, whatever it is you have to do. Make sure you don't overspend um, because you definitely don't want to have all that facing you uh, when the new year comes and the bills come due. Uh, And one of the things that we've determined to do as a family this year, I was talking with my daughter today, is that we're going to really invest most of our time and our money in the experience that we have in Christmas, not so much as giving gifts, even though we will give gifts. But a lot of times we spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars, not just us, but everybody to give gifts When what we want to do, what we want to do as a family this year is invest in the time that we're spending together on that day or a couple of days or in that season to where when we walk away from the Christmas tree and we throw it out at the curb and we pack up all the Christmas decorations, there are memories that we have that go on and on and on beyond past the time where that new watch you got is broken and that new video game you got, you've played it to the last and you've won it. When that's done, your Christmas gift is done. But if we invest in giving to the time that we're spending together and the games and the fun and the joy and the laughter that we're doing, man, that lasts forever. Ever. So I want to encourage you to do that this year. Maybe look at, at buying uh, some very modest gifts and then throwing the rest of your money into playing games and having fun. And I want to give you a real quick suggestion right now for a game that I saw. I don't know if I saw it on Pinterest or whatever, where you take a gift card and you put it in. No, I actually experienced it at a Christmas party I went to one time where you take a gift card of any kind, any amount, whatever you want to do and put it in a tiny little box and then wrap that box in another box and then wrap that up and wrap that box in another box. And all the while you're wrapping it up in Christmas rack, all these different boxes that fit into one another until the big, big box, you wrap it up and you tape it up really, really good. You actually tape up each of those boxes very, very well. Because what you're going to do is you're going to put on a pair of cooking mitts and you're going to play a game to try and open each box. The one that opens the boxes to the very, the one that opens the smallest box with the gift card in it wins. And pretty much what you do is you pass around the boxes and you set a timer. When that timer's done, the box passes on to the next person. So whatever progress has been made through unwrapping the boxes, it goes around to each person. It's really, really, really fun. You could probably look it up on the internet, but we're going to play that game this year. But I want to, again, um, encourage you to invest in your memories, your Christmas memories, make them memories of joy. And if you do have memories uh, this Christmas that are not so joyful and bring you sorrow, I want to pray with you right now. Father, I lift up each and every person that's listening to the sound of my voice right now that's in a place of sorrow or that Christmas and holidays bring uh, a feeling of just great pain instead of joy, pain that makes them maybe not even want to celebrate. I pray over them and I ask you, Holy Father, you are the God of all comfort. I ask you to comfort them that the peace of Jesus Christ would guard their hearts and minds, Lord that you would bring them joy unspeakable and full of glory, that you would surround them with your presence. God, that you would even help them make sense and have understanding 
about their memory that brings pain or the situation that they're in right now. For those that need healing, those that are in the hospitals, those that are in a place of, of disease and that even death is looming over them. I speak to the spirit of death. I take authority over it by the power of the resurrection that lives in me by the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And I say, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I thank you, Father, for your healing presence, for your comforting spirit upon each and every person right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hey, I'm back in the saddle with the podcast and with the blog. So check it out at ChrissyHutchings.com. And uh, you can find the blog, uh, you can find the podcast uh, link in my Instagram. And that's uh, at Chrissy Hutchings. You can also find it at Twitter. And that's Chrissy H. And uh, obviously on uh, Facebook, which is Chrissy Hutchings also. Um, more podcasts coming at you every week. Uh, and um, thank you again for tuning in. And we'll see you next time here on The Worship Life.